Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Pacer Screen edition of the Yatkin County Public Library podcast, where each month we usually discuss a book that's been turned into a movie or TV series, as well as the reception of each. This month, we'll be discussing a classic that's been delighting readers for over 200 years, Emma by Jane Austen, as well as the most recent Emma film adaptation, which was released in February of 2020, right before the COVID-19 pandemic struck. It was actually the last movie I went and saw at the movie theater before the shutdowns began in March, so it'll always stand out a little more to me because of that, I think. That was a pretty crucial <laughs> period for all of us, and that's what I remember the most about right before um, everything kind of happened is the, you know, the last restaurant I ate at or the last movie I saw, that kind of thing. So I've been reading Jane Austen novels since I was 16 years old. The first that I read being most everyone's favorite and easily the most well-known, Pride and Prejudice. One of my fondest memories from adolescence is reading that book, laying outside on a blanket on a sunny spring day with plenty of snacks and nothing but time. I grew up on a farm with lots of animals, and this was the late 90s and early 2000s out in the country, so my sister and I stayed outside a lot. We had a 100-year-old barn on our property, and sometimes I would pack up some books in a bag, some food and drinks, and just stay gone at the barn all day reading. Some days we would go with my dad to bale hay at another property, and as this was usually an all-day endeavor, my daddy didn't stop for anything once he was on that tractor, so he would tell us that we'd better take what we wanted to entertain us for a whole day because it was going to be a long one. We would fill up a bag of books between the two of us, sometimes a few games, and we would go on. This was before cell phones and the technological age took over, and I look back on those days with pure fondness. Technology is a wonderful and useful component of our daily lives now, but there are many days where I think that the younger generations are missing out on the joys of a much simpler time. I found there to be nothing as invigorating for my spirit as an afternoon of uninterrupted reading time and just, you know, a lazy Sunday afternoon spent reading. I rarely get that anymore, but when I do, it takes me back to those days in 2004 where I first discovered a love of Regency-era fiction. I had never actually read Emma until recently, but it remains one of Austen's most popular and most adapted stories, and some will say her most perfect novel. The novel was first published in December 1815, with its title page listing a publication date of 1816. As in her other novels, Austen explores the concerns and difficulties of genteel women living in Georgian Regency England. Emma is a comedy of manners. So I feel like in order to understand an author's work better, sometimes you need to know a little more about the author and their life. Jane Austen was born on December 16, 1775, and died July 18, 1817, at the age of 41. She was an English novelist known primarily for her six major novels, which interpret, critique, and comment upon the British landed gentry at the end of the 18th century. Austen's plots often explore the dependence of women on marriage and the pursuit of favorable social standing and economic security. Her works critique the novels of sensibility of the second half of the 18th century and are part of the transition to 19th century literary realism. Her use of social commentary, realism, and biting irony have earned her acclaim among critics and scholars. The anonymously published Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, and Emma brought modest success but little fame in her lifetime. She wrote two other novels, Northern Girl Abbey and Persuasion, both published posthumously in 1818 and began another, eventually titled Sanditon, but she died before its completion. She also left behind three volumes of juvenile writings in manuscript, the short epistolary 
novel, Lady Susan, and the unfinished novel, The Watsons. Austin gained status after her death. Her six full-length novels have since rarely been out of print. A significant transition in her reputation occurred in 1833 when her novels were republished in Richard Bentley's Standard Novel series, illustrated by Ferdinand Pickering and sold as a set. They gradually gained wide acclaim and popular readership. In 1869, 52 years after her death, her nephew's publication of a memoir of Jane Austen introduced a compelling version of her writing career and supposedly uneventful life to an eager audience. She's inspired a large number of critical essays and literary anthologies. Her novels have inspired many films, from 1940s Pride and Prejudice to 1995 Sense and Sensibility and Love and Friendship in 2016. Emma, written after Austen's move to Chawton, was her last novel to be published during her lifetime while Persuasion, the last complete novel Austin wrote, was published posthumously. Emma was written after the publication of Pride and Prejudice and was submitted to the London publisher John Murray II in the autumn of 1815. He offered Austin £450 for this, plus the copyrights of Mansfield Park and Sense and Sensibility, which she refused. Instead, she published 2,000 copies of the novel at her own expense, retaining the copyright and paying a 10% commission to Murray. The publication in December 1815, dated 1816, consisted of a three-volume set in Dewey De Duo Decimo. I'm sorry, Duo Decimo at the selling price of one pound, one or approximately one guinea per set. Prior to publication, Austin's novels had come to the attention of the Prince Regent, whose librarian at Carlton House, a Mr. Clark, showed her around the library at the Prince Regent's request and who suggested a dedication to the Prince Regent in a future publication. This resulted in a dedication of Emma to the Prince Regent at the time of publication, and a dedication copy of the novel sent to Carlton House in December 1815. In America, copies of this first publication were sold in 1818 for $4 a copy, which seems kind of high considering today's prices, um, as well as an American edition published by Matthew Carey of Philadelphia in 1816. The number of copies of this edition are not known. A later American edition was published in 1833 and again in 1838 by Carey, Lee, and Blanchard. A French version was published in 1816 by Arthas Bertrand, publisher for Madame Isabella de Montalo. A second French version for the Austrian market was published in 1817 by Viennese publisher Schramble. Richard Bentley reissued Emma in 1833, along with Austin's five other novels in his series of standard novels. This issue did not contain the dedication page to the Prince Regent. These editions were frequently reprinted up until 1882 with the final publication of the Steventon edition. Emma has remained in continuous publication in English throughout the remainder of the 19th century and into the 20th and 21st centuries. In addition to the French translation already mentioned, Emma was translated into Swedish and German in the 19th century and into 15 other languages in the 20th century, including Arabic, Chinese, Danish, Dutch, German, and Italian. Emma is set in the fictional country village of Highbury and the surrounding estates of Hartfield, Randalls, and Donwell Abbey and involves the relationships among people from a small number of families. Before she began the novel, Austin wrote, quote, I'm going to take a heroine whom no one but myself will much like, end quote. In the first sentence, she introduces the title character as Emma Woodhouse, handsome, clever, and rich, with a comfortable home and a happy disposition, who had lived nearly 21 years in the world with very little to distress or vex her. In that, Emma is 
very different from Austin's other heroines um, in that most of the other protagonists in her stories are they're you know working towards finding a suitable husband Emma doesn't really care about any of that she's pretty content where she's at so this character makes this story um very different from her other stories Emma is spoiled headstrong and self-satisfied she greatly overestimates her own matchmaking abilities she's blind to the dangers of meddling in other people's lives and her imagination and perceptions often lead her astray as in her other books, there are a slew of characters to keep up with. So let's begin with Emma, Emma Woodhouse, the protagonist of the story and who I like to think of kind of the queen bee of Highbury, is a beautiful, high-spirited, intelligent, and somewhat spoiled young woman from the landed gentry. She's 20 when the story opens. I'm sorry, 21 when the story opens. Her mother died when she was young. She has been mistress of the house, Hartfield, since her older sister got married. Although intelligent, she lacks the discipline to practice or study anything in depth. She's portrayed as compassionate to the poor, but at the same time has a strong sense of class status. Her affection for and patience towards her valedictorian father are also noteworthy. While she is in many ways mature, Emma makes some serious mistakes, mainly due to her lack of experience and her conviction that she is always right. Although she has vowed that she will never marry, she delights in making matches for others. In the 2020 Emma movie adaptation, Emma is portrayed by the very talented Anya Taylor-Joy. You might recognize her from the popular Netflix original series, The Queen's Gambit, who, um, not who, which we've also done a podcast episode on, as well as movies such as The Witch, Split, and most recently, The Menu. Mr. Knightley is our next character. Um, and he's a neighbor and close friend of Emma. He's 37 years old, which is about 16 years older than she is. He is pretty much her only critic. He'll tell her exactly what he thinks. And he, he keeps her in check when other people will not. Mr. Knightley is the owner of the estate of Donwell Abbey, which includes extensive grounds and farms. He's the elder brother of Mr. John Knightley, the husband of Emma's elder sister, Isabella. He's very considerate aware of the feelings of the other characters, and his behavior and judgment are extremely good when it comes to other people. He's gallant without being arrogant and considerate to a fault. Mr. Knightley gets along well with Emma's family also and visits with her and her father frequently. George Knightley is portrayed by Johnny Flynn. Flynn is the lead singer and songwriter of the band Johnny Flynn and the Sussex Wit, and some of the songs that are featured in the film, I think Queen Bee um, actually, was written and performed by him. Flynn is also the younger actor of younger brother of actor Jerome Flynn, who some of you may recognize as Braun from HBO's fantasy drama Game of Thrones. The next character is Frank Churchill, who is Mr. Weston's son by his first marriage, and he's an amiable enough young man who at age 23 is liked by almost everyone, although Mr. Knightley sees him as immature and selfish for failing to visit his father. After his mother's death, he was raised by his wealthy aunt and uncle, the Churchills, at the family estate of Inscombe. His uncle was his mother's brother, and by his aunt's decree, he's known by the last name Churchill. So, Frank is given to dancing and just pretty much living a carefree existence, and he manipulates and plays games with the other characters to further his own means. He's portrayed by Callum Turner in the movie, who is best known for his performance as Theseus Scamander, Newt's brother, in the Fantastic Beast series. The next character is Jane Fairfax, and Jane is an orphan whose only family consists of her aunt, Miss Bates, and her grandmother, Mrs. Bates. She's a beautiful, bright, and elegant woman with the best of manners. She's the same age as Emma, 
and she is extraordinarily well-educated and talented at singing and playing the piano. She is this old person whom Emma envies in their community. Colonel Campbell, an army friend of Jane's father, felt responsible for Jane and has provided her an excellent education while she has shared his home and family since she was nine years old. She has little fortune, however, and is destined to become a governess, which was an unpleasant prospect for a woman during this era, as the ultimate goal for most women of the time was to achieve financial stability through a suitable partner and not have to work for a living. Jane is portrayed by Amber Anderson, who also plays Lady Diana Mitford on Peaky Blinders, and she's also known for her roles as Sierra Porter in J.K. Rowling's crime drama series Strike and Lady Anne in the Riot Club. The next character is Harriet Smith, who is a young friend of Emma and just 17 when the story opens. She's a beautiful but unsophisticated girl. She has been a parlor boarder at a nearby school where she met the sisters of Mr. Robert Martin. Emma takes Harriet under her wing early on, and she becomes the subject of Emma's misguided matchmaking attempts. Her father is unknown throughout the story, but then he's finally revealed at the end. Harriet is portrayed by Mia Goth, who gained wider recognition for starring in the X slasher film series, films X and Pearl, both um, released in 2022, the latter of which she also co-wrote. She since starred in the horror film Infinity Pool, which I think came out pretty recently um, this year, with Alexander Skarsgård. The next character is Robert Martin, who is a well-to-do 24-year-old tenant farmer, who, though not a gentleman, is a friendly, amiable, and diligent young man, well-esteemed by Mr. George Knightley. He becomes acquainted and subsequently smitten with Harriet during her two-month stay at Abbey Mill Farm, which was arranged at the invitation of his sister, Elizabeth Martin, Harriet's school friend. Emma had convinced herself that Harriet's class and breeding were above associating with the Martins, much less marrying one, so she discourages any friendship or union between the two. Robert Martin is portrayed by Connor Swindles. The next character in our story is Philip Elton. He is a good-looking, initially well-mannered, and ambitious young vicar, 27 years old and unmarried when the story opens. Emma wants him to marry Harriet. However, he aspires to secure a wife with a substantial dowry. Mr. Elton displays his true mercenary nature later on in the story, much to the surprise of our heroine, Emma. I don't want to tell too much and give that away, but... Elton is portrayed by Josh O'Connor, who you may remember as a young Prince Charles III in the Netflix drama The Crown. And I think the series that he, or the season he was in was like 2019 to 2020. He won the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a Television Series Drama and the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series, and also received nominations for two British Academy Television Awards. Augusta Elton, our next character, formerly Miss Hawkins, is Mr. Elton's wife. She has 10,000 pounds, but lacks good manners, committing common vulgarities, such as using people's names too intimately, as in Jane, not Mrs. Fair Miss Fairfax, or Knightley, and not Mr. Knightley. She doesn't know these people, so the in the atmosphere of the day, she shouldn't have just been calling them by these, you know, their common names. She's a boasting, pretentious woman who expects her due as a new bride in the village. Emma is polite to her, but does not like her. She patronizes Jane, which earns Jane the sympathy of others. Her lack of social graces shows the good breeding of the other characters, particularly Miss Fairfax and Miss Weston, and shows the difference between gentility and money. 
because Miss Fairfax and Miss Weston are both kind of similar characters to her, as in they're they're not as rich as the other um, landed gentry. And when they are elevated above their station, they they don't act like Miss West uh, Miss um, Elton does. They kind of demonstrate a um, The film is directed by Autumn DeWild from a screenplay by Eleanor Catton based on Jane Austen's novel. Produced by Perfect World Pictures, Working Title Films, and Blueprint Pictures, a film adaptation of Austen's novel by Focus Features began development in October 2018 when Taylor Joy was cast in the title role, with DeWild attached as the director. The remainder of the supporting roles were cast by March 2019. Principal photography took place between March and June 2019 across England. Emma was released in the United Kingdom on February 14, 2020 to coincide with Valentine's Day and in the United States on February 21, 2020 by Universal Pictures. It received generally favorable reviews with the performances and production design singled out for praise. It is a beautiful movie, so <laughs> I can imagine that. It grossed $26.5 million worldwide against its budget of $10 million. The film received two Academy Award nominations for Best Costume Design and Best Makeup and Hairstyling at the 93rd Academy Awards, as well as a Best Costume Design nomination at the 74th British Academy Film Awards, three nominations at the 26th Critics' Choice Awards, and a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress, Motion Picture Comedy, or Musical nomination for Taylor Joy at the 78th Golden Globe Awards. It was released digitally in March 2020 in the United States um, because... If y'all can remember, <laughs> it's only been three years, but it feels like it's been so much longer. Everything that was, you know, supposed to go to movie theaters, you know, right when all that happened, um, pretty much went straight to, you know, you could view it at home. And Emma was one of those movies. So pretty much as soon as I was able to buy it, I had went and seen it in theaters, but then as soon as I was able to buy it digitally, I did buy it digitally because I enjoyed it so much. So... It was released uh, digitally in March 2020 in the United States, Canada, and the UK through premium video on demand on streaming platforms due to movie theater closures during the pandemic. It was released on DVD and Blu-ray on May 19th. Emma grossed $10.1 million in the United States and Canada and $15.4 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $26.5 million. In North America, it made 230000 from five theaters in its opening weekend for a per-venue average of 46000 the highest of 2020 at that point. It went wide two weeks later, grossing $5 million from 1,565 theaters and finishing six at the box office. Its time at the box office was then, of course, interrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic closing theaters. In Spain, it has grossed £228,000, which equates to about US dollars The critical response for this movie, um, the Rotten Tomato, on Rotten Tomatoes, the film owns, I'm sorry, the film holds an approval rating of 86%, which is pretty good. Um, that's higher than what I would have thought, because period pieces are hit and miss with a lot of people, but... The approval rating is 86% based on 257 reviews with an average of 7.3 out of 10. The website's critics' consistence reads, Other adaptations may do a better job of consistently capturing the spirit of the classic source material, but Jane Austen fans should still find a solid match in this Emma. On Metacritic, the film was assigned a weighted average score of 71 out of 100 based on 48 critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of B on an A plus to F scale. 
And PostTrack reported it received an average three out of five stars with 44% of people they surveyed saying they would definitely recommend it. In a mostly favorable review written for Variety, Andrew Barker referred to the film as an entirely worthy companion to other adaptations of the novel, though noted it was hardly a definitive take. Admittedly, I have not seen any of the other film adaptations of Emma, of which there are so many, um, not even Clueless. I have not seen Clueless, <laughs> um, and I have not seen the Gwyn Gwyneth Paltrow Emma adaptation, so... They're in my watch list. I just I can't get to all of them, but I can't really compare it to any of the others. But I will say for me, it's kind of one of those guilty pleasure movies. I have seen it so many times that I can just turn it on kind of as background noise for housework. And I still enjoy it. Um, if I had a long day, I watch it specifically because I know it has a happy ending. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you've read Emma and enjoyed it, I've got some real likes listed here for you. If you haven't read Emma or you would like to watch any of the adaptations, we can request these in for you through the NC Cardinal system with your NC Cardinal library card. We have a few copies of Emma on the shelf here at the Yakin County Public Library. And because the book is part of public domain now, you can find it on projectgutenberg.org Project for free as well. If you'd like to place a hold on anything, just give us a call at the library and we'd be happy to help you. I've got eight read-alike books here for you, and we have all of these with the exception of a few um, available for checkout through NC Cardinal. The first read-alike is Emma by Alexander McCall Smith, and the reason is that this Emma is a modern retelling of Jane Austen's original Regency-era novel, and it sets the Woodhouse family in contemporary England. Fans of McCall Smith will want to read or reread Austen's Emma, while Austenites may enjoy this 21st century adaptation. And that review or reason was given by Katherine Johnson. The second Emma read-alike, and I don't think we have this one in NC Cardinal, but it's also titled Emma, and it's by Crystal Silvermoon. The reason that novelist gave was that these books have the theme comedy of manners and the subject young women, matchmakers, and mate selection for women, and they have characters that are spirited and likable. The next read-alike is Pride and Prejudice by Stacey King, which I'm assuming is a, I've not read it, but I'm assuming it's a kind of a remake. Um, these books have the subjects young women, mate selection for women, and courtship, and have characters that are flawed, spirited, and likable. The next read-alike is also called Emma, and it was written by Nancy Butler. The reason that novelist gave was that these books have the theme comedy of manners and the subject young women, matchmakers, and mate selection for women. So we're kind of seeing a theme here. Um, number five in this list is Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice um, by Lawrence Sock, S-A-C-H. The reason is these books have the subjects young women, mate selection for women, and courtship. Novelist, novelist next book in this list of relics is The Secret Diary of Lydia Bennett. And Lydia Bennett was a character in Pride and Prejudice. She was one of Elizabeth's sisters. Um, this book was written by Natasha Ferrant. The reason is these books have the subjects Mate Selection for Women, Courtship, and Woodhouse Emma, who is a fictitious character from Emma, and have characters that are spirited and likable. The next read-alike is Nicola and the Viscount. I'm sorry, Nicola and the Viscount by Meg Cabot. The reason is these books are upbeat and character-driven, and they have the genre love stories, the subjects mate selection for women, courtship, and mate selection, and have characters that are flawed. The last re-like in this list is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, and I have to admit I have never read, I've never read Jane Eyre. It's not a book that 
Um, I had to read in high school and I just have not read it yet. So these books have the theme friends to lovers, the genres, page to screen and classics. Um, Jane Eyre is a classic story. The subjects, young women and relationships between young men, women and men have characters that are complex. A few readalikes that are not on this list, but from personal reading experience, I think they should be, are the continuations of the Austen novels that Joan Aiken wrote. I read a lot of those um, when I was a teenager, around the same time I was reading Austen's works, and um, her stories are, are really well written. They've kind of stood the test of time, and we have quite a few of those here at the library, as well as several Jane Austen-related modern takes, such as Confessions of a Jane Austen Addict by Laurie Vere Riggler. And the Jane Austen Book Club, which they did a movie out of, by Karen Joy Fowler, as well as Shannon Hale's Austen Land, which they also did a movie uh, adaptation of, and Midnight in Austen Land. I think we have Midnight in Austen Land. I do not think we own Austen Land, but we can get it in for you. I actually did a podcast episode last year about Austen Land and the um, the book and the movie adaptation that went with it, because the movie movie adaptation of that book is one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies. It did not get great critical reviews. It's not one of those movies that people are going to talk about 100 years from now, but I don't care. <laughs> I love it. Um, we're all allowed to, you know, like what we like. So I love the happy ending, and that's pretty much all that matters for me. It's one of those movies that makes you feel good or makes, you know, you know, I, I know what's going to happen. I've seen it so many times, and um, it's just one of those kind of feel good stories. So read the books you want, read the books that you want and watch the movies that give you joy because life's too short <laughs> to worry about what the critics think anyways. And, you know, read things that you don't want to read. So, or watch things that you don't want to watch. So that's my advice for, for the day. Read what gives you joy. <laughs> but that's all I have for you. Um, feel free to follow us on social media and let us know in the comments if you've read a book lately that really stuck with you. Whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, we'd be happy to see you there. If you haven't already, hit that follow button so you can follow this weekly podcast. Each week, Yakin County Library staff will be bringing you more topics, so be sure to check in every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you all next month for the next installment of Page to Screen. Happy Wednesday, everyone.